2: And welcome to Basic Folk, a podcast where we have conversations with folk musicians. I'm your host, Cindy Howes. Hello, so nice to have you here today. The world is insane, so it's it's doubly meaningful that you're uh, taking a break from what's going on in the weird world to listen to Basic Folk this week. Um, we have a tribute concert to Anais Mitchell to share with you today that was recorded at Club Passim. Club Passim is a folk club in Harvard Square. It's a historic venue that's been around for 60 years. People like Joan Baez, Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, Tom Rush all got their start there. It's actually where my day job is. I'm the marketing manager at Club Passim. And because I'm the marketing manager at Club Passim, I wanted to let you know what we're doing in light of the shutdown. The club is closed throughout the duration of the COVID 19 uh, shutdown, however long that is. Uh, we are doing streaming shows, and something that uh, in particular I'd love for you to check out is the Pair Fund, which is the PASSIM Emergency Artist Relief Fund. Uh, and we are also hosting a virtual music festival to, to raise awareness of the Pear Fund and to raise money. So you can check out pasim.org slash pearfund pear like the fruit. And I will link it on my website, cindyhouse.net Last time I checked, more artists are being added daily. We have uh, over 80 videos in a YouTube playlist of musicians playing songs of hope, strength, togetherness, comfort. Some are very funny. There is a parody of Uh, the Divinals I Touch Myself from Gin Infantino that is called I Touch My Face and it is very enjoyable. Uh, all right. On to what we're going to hear today on Basic Folk. Songwriters are paying tribute to the great Aeneas Mitchell. The concert was recorded October 29th at Club Passim, featuring Peter Mulvey, Rose Polanzani, Mark Arelli, Molly Venter of Red Molly, Ali McGurk, Liv Green, and Barry Rothman all took part in between songs. Uh, I was there playing clips from Aeneas's interview on Basic Folk which she was on this podcast in January of 2019 before Town went to Broadway. You'll also hear clips from musicians and music fans talking about Aeneas. You'll hear thoughts about this amazing songwriter from Josh Ritter, Ani DeFranco, Anthony Mason of CBS News, Josh Kaufman, and Eric D. Johnson. Uh, Josh and Eric are bandmates of Aeneas's from Bonnie Light Horseman. This show is part of Peter Mulvey's yearly, week-long festival at Club Passim called the Lamplighter Sessions. Anais Mitchell has been quite busy. She, of course, has her folk opera Hadestown on Broadway, whenever Broadway reopens again. Uh, she has released an album this year with her band Mighty Light Horseman. That is awesome, and she is just given birth to her second child. Her and her husband Noah welcomed Rosetta very recently. So sweet. We're releasing this episode on her birthday, March twenty sixth. Happy birthday, Aeneas! Hope you all enjoyed this concert that was recorded at Club Passim. And let's do it. Uh, starting off with Matt Smith giving us the intro here on Basic Book.
3: This is our ninth year of presenting these lamplighter sessions here at Club Passim. Uh, they started the year of Hadestown here at Club Passim, actually, uh, when Hadestown was here in the spring. Uh, we b- presented these first shows here in the fall, and so uh, we're thrilled to have a night of songs of Anais Mitchell here, uh, and welcome up to the stage. We've got Peter Malvin, Rose Polanzani and Cindy Howes over there in the corner, and Barry Rothman.
2: Hey, everybody. I just want to explain what I'm doing over here and what Barry's doing. Put your hands together for Barry Rothman. Um, I have a podcast called Basic Folk, which is a podcast where I interview folk musicians, honest conversations with folk musicians. And Aeneas was on my podcast this past January. So what I'm going to be doing is playing clips From basic folk as well as clips of other musicians and music fans talking about Aeneas. And Barry's gonna play some weird shit underneath them.
4: I remember going to Club Passim at the age of 18. I took like a bus ride to Boston. From Vermont? Yeah, from Vermont. I was going to check out Boston. I ended up there on the night of like the campfire. I remember seeing Edie Carey and The room got excited. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I um, it just blew my mind. I was like, "That is what I want to do." Like, I knew it so. I wanted it so bad the moment I saw it. And um, and I ended up actually. I took a year. I took like a gap year after high school before college, and I moved to Boston because of Club Passim. I would go to the open mic there, and I was terrified. My hands would shake, and I like couldn't breathe. (laughs) But I kept going, you know. So I, um, it was such like a warm and supportive place to, to play.
5: This is Anthony Mason with CBS News. I first saw Anais Mitchell at Rockwood Music Hall in New York City probably a, a dozen years ago and was immediately smitten with her music. But I was really blown away when I went to see an early performance of Hades Town at the New York Theatre Workshop a few years ago. I made a point when I was in London to see it again and saw it twice more on Broadway. I even took my 19-year-old son, who now knows almost every word. I've heard Aeneas play it on acoustic guitar. I've heard those songs with a big Broadway cast. They're equally stunning either way. And every time I hear it again, I notice something I hadn't before. Aeneas's music keeps giving and revealing. And for me, that's a huge part of its appeal.
6: The first time I saw Anais
7: play at Nietzsche's, a bar in Buffalo, I don't even know how long ago this was, a couple decades, and I said, "Well, that babe is hot shit," and so I immediately sprung into action and thought, "I'll get my team behind her, I'll get my booking agent, I'll get my publicist. I can, we should, we should, we should help this girl." And she talked to all my people and said, "Nah." No thanks I'm
2: doing my own thing <laughs> which says it all. does anybody know who that was? Ani DeFranco please welcome to the stage Live Green Hey everyone um, so I um,
8: I'm so honored to be here tonight. Uh, Anais Mitchell is one of those songwriters that impacted me so much and I, I think I'm one of the I'm the younger youngest person on this stage tonight and i i think i'm one of the ones who was lucky to to know her music in high, in like high school and i i've, I've found to be myself so i am so impacted by her as a writer and as a musician and i'm so so honored to be here playing some songs of hers they really impacted the way that i write and i think learning these songs made me realize all the ways i've stolen from her This one is from her first record, and it's called Before the Eyes of Storytelling Girls, and I hope I do it justice. You are forgiven. Anybody know the record, Young Man in America? Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is the record that put me on to Anais. Um, And I think a lot of people as well. Um, And this is one of my all-time favorite songs from that record. Um, And you just have to hear it.
3: Every lump inside your throat Every crumpled little note Every idle dial tone Every hook you hung it on Everything you should have said Everything you said instead On the stairs and in the hall try
5: I first heard Anais' music through Austin Nevins, and, he and he, we were driving in a van in Wisconsin. I remember this really well, in fact. And he said, you got to listen to this. And he put it on uh, Young Man in America, and uh, yeah, that blew my mind. I, I, I was uh, incredible. It like, spoke to me. In, in a way that, that made me feel uh, like good music does. It makes you feel less alone, like that. And that record certainly made me feel less alone at the time. She seems to recognize that there's a vibrating string in each one of us. And she's interested in hearing what that vibrating string has to say. You know, that's a really important and powerful uh, and, and, and beautiful thing.
2: That's Josh Ritter.
9: Hey, this is Josh Kaufman, Aeneas' friend from Bonnie Light Horseman. I came to her music kind of late. Friends had always told me about her, and she kind of existed like a mysterious folk legend. A few years ago, I was invited by her friend, uh, mutual friend, Ray Rizzo, to play a set with Aeneas, and I had no idea how my world was about to change. Her album Young Man in America quickly became my life soundtrack, and she and I became fast friends, chasing around old songs and melodies. Working with Aeneas is like hanging around someone with the keys to a vault, sobering with ideas and creativity, it's hard to describe. For every great idea she has, there's a drop-down menu, five others queued up, just as realized and pulling in as the last. The combination of her poetry and her voice never miss an inch of emotion. She's like wired to all humanity. I don't know what the hell she's doing, but it transcends us and it connects us, and I can't believe I went so long without it. Life is so weird. Thanks for everything, Aeneas.
2: Please welcome to the stage, Molly Venter. I think one of the most envious, um,
10: enviable things about Aeneas is how she's been able to take her kind of solo singer-songwriter persona and and collect like a group of people and um, to be bringing Town around to different places. Uh, I feel like this show is channeling a little bit of that desire and that effort because there's all of us back there in the green room like getting ready like we're going to perform in a play together. And it's really sweet. Rose got us these roses. Pretty great. <clears throat> okay, this song. I just love this song. Speaking of what you were doing, Cindy. What you were talking about.
7: My mother gave a mighty shout opened her legs and let me out i hungry as a prairie dog Young man in America, young man in America Hungry, hungry, running every which way i
10: This is a super fun night. Um, I moved to Austin, Texas in 2004, April of 2004. And after about a month or so, I was feeling pretty good about myself going out on the Austin scene. And then in early June, um, she had just won the Kerrville uh, New Folk competition, and she was playing a a concert with Jonathan Bird at the Cactus Cafe. So (coughs) I saw that, and I was like, oh,
7: fudge. (laughs)
10: Um, And I'm so, so grateful to have um, had her songs to listen to for 14 years. I've never played them for people, but
7: here you go. If I can't keep it, at least let me call it by name, that was called Falling. This is called pain, it's called love What I'm losing I know love is a stranger I know the changes come I know love is a changer I'm gonna go quietly You don't have to tell me to Just let me lie a little longer Next to you I'm not trying to bother you I'm just trying to breathe you in, then I will leave you there where you are sleeping. And speaking of loving you, I do. I'm telling you, stranger to stranger, whatever changes come to you, I'm telling you, changes. Changer, morning I stole your shadow from me, but I hold its shape in my mind. Is the shape of your back when you turned it on me one last time? And out in the Nobody understands exactly how light it is, exactly how free I am. One minute I'm laughing, and the next one I'm lost. I'm watching the birds fly by, I'm watching the highways cross, and speaking of loving you, I do. I'm telling you, stranger to strangers. Whatever changes come to you I'm telling you, changer to changer If I can't keep it, at least let me call it by name
11: So
4: my parents were hippies, and they both were raised in suburban environments. They hitchhiked to California for the summer of love, and they were like, full on. There was some like whole earth catalog that came out that said, all oh, you hippies should go back to the land and like start a farm. This is just like the family lore, you know, they saw in the whole earth catalog that there was land in Vermont, oh, and they moved wow. to Vermont and they bought this farm. Um, but it was like an ethos, you know, it was a whole move they made. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of people in Vermont, actually, that moved there in the 60s and
2: 70s. Yeah, you were calling them Back to the Landers. Totally. Which I had not heard of before. It's a thing. So it's like a movement that happened. Yeah. Is there a Wikipedia page?
4: I bet about- there is. Okay. Yeah. I'll it was like, it let's later. go back to the land. And if you did that, you were a Back to the Lander. Okay. And so they did. They bought this farm. Um, they also, like, my dad had started writing in college. They, they met at Swarthmore College. My dad had a book published when he was still in school, which is so crazy to me to think about. Then one of his early books was made into a movie and they suddenly like had some money from that. They first actually moved to this island in Greece that was a thing, like a bunch of expatriates lived there, and Leonard Cohen lived on this island. So were they friends with Leonard Cohen? I don't know, friend might be a strong word, but they (laughs) went to some parties that he was at. Whoa. Uh, It was called Idra, this island. Mm -hmm. And then they, I guess with what was left of the money, they bought this farm in Vermont. And um, that's where I grew up. And it's so weird to, you know, that Vermont was like my whole world for so long and still is like really important to me. And it's just like some choice that my parents made when they were. They just saw it in a catalog.
2: Totally, right. (laughs) <laughs> so the next clip I had queued up was Mark Arelli, who's on stage right now. So I thought, I thought I can maybe, can you just talk yeah. about the song that you're going to play? Because you said such beautiful things about it. Sure. Does yeah. everyone know Mark Orelli? Yeah.
0: Thank you so much. I am. Uh, I'm so glad to be here. Uh, this is. This is. Truly an honor. I was texting with Anais this morning, actually, and she said that oh, I'm so honored you're doing it. And it's one of those times when it's t- like truly. I don't know. I might. I could fight her. Like it's more. The honor's more mine. Like I <laughs> truly. Uh, I this song. Then I'm the first song I'm gonna play. It was a lot funnier um, 15 years ago. Now it feels. Kind of like, yeah, this is totally possible. Like, uh, it should at least be playing over the f- closing credits of uh, an episode of The Handmaid's Tale or something like that. This is uh, this is one from from the first record. It's called 1984.
12: Down at headquarters, there's a big database with black and white photos of the side of your beautiful face, and your library record, and all your test scores, and an invitation to party, like it's 1984. so nervous they just want the fact and it's all written down in the USA Patriot Act because we don't take no chances and a nation at war so tonight we're gonna party it's 1984 What did I tell you About the house Being bugged They can hear us Making breakfast They can hear us Making love Excuse me a minute Big brother's At the door And he's ready To party Like it's 1984 1984 it sure is gonna be lonely after i turn you in but i'll wait till tomorrow to file my report so tonight we can party yeah tonight we're gonna party oh tonight we can party like it's 1984
11: Right,
0: it's like oh, that's so. Good. <laughs> uh, that's so true. <laughs> it's crazy. It's uh, man, I love that one and always have. But this one is truly one of my favorite songs that anyone's ever ever written. There's there's a small handful of songs for every songwriter. We were talking about this backstage that um, you just can't get through uh, without kind of dissolving into a ball of tears. And we all have them, and they're all, we all have different reasons for them. Um, they're generally other people's songs. They're, sometimes they're your own songs. That's my songs have done that to me, uh, at least when they were first written. And this one of Aeneas's does it to me, hopefully not every time, <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like it happens every time. I actually text. I was going to make it a surprise, but I, I texted her this morning, and I said, please, In all caps, tell me the secret. What do you think of when you sing this song? Is it pickles? (laughs) Is it balloons? Like, what do you think of to distract yourself from just coming completely undone? And... um, she didn't, she didn't really have much uh, to offer me there. She's like, I do all my crying during the writing of the song. And then once it's written, I'm totally fine. It's like, I didn't write it. <laughs> so I don't have any of that, that uh, to lean back on. But um, there's, uh, let's see, there's, there's three chords, five verses, and probably about... of the available wisdom in all of the world uh, at any given time in this song here. So.
1: When
12: I think about dying, I think about children And when I think about children, I think about you and when I think about you I feel like crying Crying for my youth And when I think of my youth I think of my freedom And when I think of my freedom I feel so alone And when I feel lonely I want you to hold Hold me in your arms Ooh. Ooh. And when I think of your arms I think about sleeping Sleeping like a baby All through the night And when I think of the night I think the night like weeping, weeping for my life. Ooh. Ooh. When I think of my life, oh, I want to be with you shoulder to shoulder when we're waking up and we're waking up and we're one day older and we're making love about children and then i think about dying lying in your arms you want to know why i'm crying now you
0: so much
4: and so yeah it was was a special time i was living with my partner noah in montpelier and he had this cafe with some of his friends the lane Street cafe oh yeah that place was rad so beautiful it was like a real it was almost like what's that musical about brigadoon right just like Popped up and then like it lasted for however seven years or something and then it disappeared. Oh, wow. But it was a whole world, you know. And yeah. People, you just go and everyone was always there and all our like artist music, musician friends would come through town and play that cafe and it really like made a lot of things happen. I think Haiti sound would have happened if it weren't for that cafe. Wow. Um, That's cool. Yeah. That's how it started out.
9: You applied for a grant, and that, like, made you're like, okay, I need to do this now.
4: Totally. And when I think about how much that grant was, so this is like a good, like, plug for just support for the arts, right? When I think about how much it was, it wasn't that much money, you know, but at the time, it felt like, oh my God, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> now I have to make this folk opera, you know? Right. There's something, I feel like there is something to the kind of, leap and the net will appear, or like if you, if you, that, the, that those small grants exist for artists, like people will make things happen on a shoestring, you know, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what we did. Like we really didn't have that much money. The um, sound art that he did was so like, that was such a mystical process of working with him on that. Like I had seen this one print he'd made that looked to me like the Persephone character and I said... Hey, can I use that? And can you also make these portraits of these other characters in the show? Mm-hmm. And he said yes. And each of the characters, he would give them sort of an, an object. Like, he gave Hades this little songbird, and um, he gave the Fates like a pair of scissors and some film. We I mean, mostly would talk about like what those objects would be, but he brought me that Eurydice illustration, and it had, she was holding a flower. And I didn't know why. I asked him about it, and he was like, I don't know, it just felt right. And it was sort of a poppy-looking flower. I was working on some new song. Like, the album wasn't finished yet, and I wrote that song, Flowers, because of the illustration he had made. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so it really was like we were collaborating this way where I feel, and this happens with mythology, but where it's almost like, just like unearthing a thing from the ground. Or the thing about the like, sculpture in the stone. Like the sculpture's already there. And he happened to like chip away at the shoulder of the thing. I was like, oh my god. That's like, of course, flower. That's the image that she, she needs. Please welcome
13: Ali McGurk. Wow. This is such a cool format for a show. Um, I'm so grateful to be here doing this. I feel kind of... Especially grateful because, and like weird because, I'm actually fairly new to this music of Anais Mitchell. Although, I think like was said earlier either by a person or an audio is that she does, you know, like she is like a spirit in these parts. If you're if you're around New England, I'm realizing um, she's in a lot of hearts, and it's. Um, Very clear why, because this has all been just like a roller coaster of emotion and beauty this evening. This song is very pretty, and I hope I do it justice. She's got some lyrics, my friends.
6: Feel it coming. I can see her now in her flowery clothes, all the things I bought her. Trailing perfume wherever she goes, cross the rolling water, Shenandoah. Where's Where's your willful daughter, Shandle? Oh, mercy on your daughter.
13: Thank you very much. Uh,
2: I read this great quote from Sing Out. It says, Aeneas sings of love among the ruins, coming out of age to find yourself an outsider looking for the place you belong. So I think belonging and the search for belonging is pretty common for in the human experience. And I think it can be very difficult. So what has been your relationship to the search for belonging?
4: Mm, I remember when that when that thing came out. And I think, um, I think it was right around when the Brightness record came out. And there were all these songs on that album that I think had something to do with me always feeling like I was born at the wrong time do you know yeah and like having like grown up in this house like got gotten very romantic notions about like books I'd read and then you know coming into the world as if it's like a black and white image I'm just I'm just imagining like Greenwich Village in the 1960s or Paris in the 30s and like coming at it and then like the reality of it I had that one song that had this line in it. I've completely, like, spaced out what the song is, but the line is, like, maybe I came too early, maybe I came too late. I'm waiting in the shadows of the scaffolds of the old cafes where you told me to wait, you know? And just this idea of, like, you go looking for the scene and then it's like, what is that? It's the KFC, or, you know. It's just not the same. Uh, So (laughs) does this make sense, like... I think that's where that actual that quote came from, was that yeah. album and that sort of sense of like not but I think uh yeah, a lot of playing music has been sort of a quest for the community of other people that are playing music. And it's like so important to be reminded of that because a lot of the process of writing is like very solitary and you're like in your room, and you're trying to make something happen and um, but it feels so good to play music with other people and for other people.
5: I think I first met Anais Mitchell in Montreal at the Folk Alliance, whenever that would have been, in the 90s, possibly. time we call the 20th century. And, um... But then the first time I ever heard her sing songs was around a campfire at Harper's Ferry at the New Song Festival. And it was just mind-bending how good the songs were, so I bought her record. And then uh, there was this little window of time when she was uh, not... that that she would open shows for me. This has changed. And, uh... But uh, she opened a show that I played up in... Um, at the Valley Players Theater in Waitsfield and she showed up out of a snowstorm and we were backstage and, and I, you know, and I just told her, I I had that that record, um, and I just told her, uh, how great I thought it was, just how fantastic the writing was, and all the use of internal rhymes and all the nerdy stuff. I was just like lauding her and encouraging her and praising her. And, and then she went on stage and sang a couple tunes, and then she said, Well, I just spent, you know, 10 minutes backstage with Peter Mulvey, and he's such a reassuring presence. He reminds me of Dan Rather. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Ah, oh! ah, oh! ow. Uh, you, you know, Anderson Cooper, anything, anything other than to a septuagenarian? Hey, Uncle Louie, I wrote you a
14: song. I heard you got your heart out of palm. I heard you got your king out of check At least that's where things stood When I saw you last It was New Orleans before the flood you just met a girl You were falling in love She lived on the levee And she knew the blues And she played harmonica better than you that you told each other
5: they rose like smoke
14: You sure are grinning She
5: is leading you home From the heat of the bar To lie on the levee And look at the stars
14: You can hold her hand You can kiss her face But go slow if you can For the world is a very sad place no trace and the world will still be there so you lie on the levee stones for pillows and the sky is all colored in purples and yellows and you and the girl and the city make love with a harlequin sky
5: Very much. I also I, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't point out mm-hmm. she does that all the like it was one of her signature moves. Like seriously, like that's that's like her her basically it's her harmony. Her harmony is like super advanced. And also I'd be remiss if I didn't say. She's a goddamn killer guitar player. like, And I feel like it's the John Lennon effect that's going on, right? Where it's like, there's so much to talk about with Anais Mitchell that like, like John Lennon was a killer rhythm player. Like he was just as good as anybody at that. But it's not, you know, it's not the first or the fifth or really the 17th thing that you think about when you're talking, anyway. Anais goddamn Mitchell, people. But here's one uh, from way back when. Uh, this is called "Old Fashioned Hat." She has a whole bunch of songs that I feel like she wrote intending that gruff old men should sing them, which you know makes sense. I mean, she does have that huge, deep, craggy, cavernous voice. That's, uh, Summer, oh, oh, you're in trouble now. Summer
14: went the way of spring. Winter's waiting in the wings. We haven't saved anything, but it's all right. There's still a little money we haven't spent. We've already paid the rent. Go put on some different. You're going out tonight. You for so long, even when I could only do you wrong. Go see if they have our song on a jukebox over there. Where a dollar gets you seven plays, I will watch you through the smoky days. Secret smile on your face. Sorry if I stare, but you look like a stranger in that old fashion night and i got a pocket full of change and i i don't want to go home yet clearly i remember when i used to scratch my little poems in the backs
5: of other lovers
14: in the dark rooms of my mind but that was before i made my home here in the marrow of your bones and now i know your figure like my own even from behind and you look like a stranger in that old-fashioned hat Married soon, we'll be dancing to this very tune, and then we'll have a honeymoon, and then we'll start to fight. So bring the tonic, bring the gin, say, What was your name again? Put another quarter in, stay with me tonight. You look like a stranger in that old and dad
5: I did a... The first time... Yeah, the the first, like, proper... And the first, and I guess the only proper tour of, uh... That I ever did with Anais was she opened a run of shows that I did maybe six or eight shows in Alaska uh, in 2010. And, um... Again, like, the, the, the little Venn diagram has this tiny little window in it where she was opening shows for me. It's like this little just so... But, um... And, um... And I, I tra- when I travel in Alaska, I had the great pleasure of traveling with a, a good friend of mine from uh, Waterford in Ireland, and then another good friend of mine from Spain, and um, Damien and Natalie. And so we all flew, uh, and we met up at the Chili's in the Air- uh, Anchorage Airport. Uh, Anais and I and Damien and Natalie, and flew up to Fairbanks. You know, and it's October, which means that there's already a foot and a half of snow on the ground. It's, there were two shows at this joint called the college coffee house. And we were like, this is going to be fun. This is going to be great. We got to rent a Toyota Camry. We're going through the interior. We're going to play in toke. It's going to be beautiful. We're going to eat reindeer sausage. And then, uh, Anais got up and, um, sang this song, uh, which, uh, um, which is called Shepherd, and um, she murdered the entire audience. Like they were just—they were all dead after this song. I thought, what an interesting opening gambit at a tour—is that you just meet the first audience and kill them all stone dead. And me, I, she killed me, and she killed Damien, and she killed Natalie. She killed everyone in the room.
14: The crop of hay is cut and dried I'll bail it up and bring it in Before the coming storm begins Go, she said, and beat the storm And then there is another chore Today the baby will be born You take me to the hospital Said the shepherd, if it's true, twere better if I stayed with you. I'd rather let the harvest go and hasten to the hospital. Nay, she told him, I'll be fine. We both have laborin' to do. You do yours and I'll do mine. And the babe will wait till the work is through The shepherd rode the yellow rose The clouds above and the fields below until the bales had all been tied then homeward turned to find his wife the sweat was wet upon her brow her breath it came as laboredly and then the rain was coming down upon the field of yellow hay said the shepherd it's no use The rain will surely win the race T'were better if we let it fall And hurry to the hospital Go, she said, and work with haste And bring the bales into the barn Else the crop will go to waste And the babe will wait till the work is done into the storm and to and from the yellow barn till half the bales were safely in he went to find his wife again how many times her name he called and no replying would she make her breath it cameth not at all she would not rise from where she lay. The storm was over within the hour. The shepherds saw the sun come out shepherd's wife saw ne'er again he buried her and the babe with him he turned the seed into the ground he brought the flock to feed their own he held the cleaver and the plow and the shepherd's work was never done
1: Yeah, that's like Grimm's fairy tales there. Good night, Susie! Hey, this is Eric D. Johnson. I have a band called Fruit Bats, and I also have a band called Bonnie Laid Horseman, where I get to sing songs with Anais Mitchell, who's maybe my favorite singer to sing with. I don't know. Don't tell other singers that I've sung with, but she is... A, it's something un, uh, sort of um, indescribable in her voice, that is very connective and very deep. She's both empathetic and yet also a magical fairy creature from outer space. So you have this uh, combination of a magical fairy creature from outer space and like your sister. Um, it's, it's very grounding and very transportive at the same time, what she does. So happy Aeneas night, everybody in Boston. Have a good one. Bye.
2: This week's episode of Basic Folk produced by Adam Corey. Our business manager, Lindsay Myers. Laura McCarthy is a producer on Basic Folk as well. Our music, done by Alex Stanton of Townspeople. What else? I'm Cindy. I host the podcast. I hope you are holding up all right. And don't forget to check out Passims. Keep Your Distance Vest, which I'll link on my website, cindyhouse.net. And that is also where you can find... All the past episodes of Basic Folk or wherever you get podcasts, if you enjoyed this, what would be so great is if you would forward this to your mom or your dad or uh, somebody in your life who just cannot stop looking at the news, who might actually enjoy chilling out for like 45 minutes. Just send it to them. I would love it. All right. So great that you're listening all the way to the end. I will talk to you next week. Okay. Bye.